Welcome to the Mark Scary Music Podcast. This podcast is audio journal of my guest night's adventures throughout the world of live and local music. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 20-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check out MarkSteryMusic.net for upcoming shows, news, and info. If you'd like to toss a buck or two in the podcast tip jar, please visit Patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Highlight gig of the week was getting a friggin' standing ovation and ingredients after a harmonica solo on Jump, Jive, and Whale. This week's podcast, number 346, on Thursday, June 9th, 2022, is part one of three with five-time USA Olympian in curling and skip for Team Schuster, John Schuster. We talk grilling, acoustic music, Mr. T, the growing popularity of curling, and more. Enjoy the conversation. <laughs> Mr. John Schuster, welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Thanks for doing this, my friend. I appreciate it. Excited to join you, man. Yeah, absolutely. We are at Roscoe's Pioneer Bar here in downtown Duluth, Minnesota, with my dear friends Dale and Cindy Severson, the biggest Team USA, Team Schuster fans of all time, right? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for <laughs> I think I think my wife and kids would fight you yeah. for that, but you know, I'll take I'll take huge fans. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, we're here, and you guys are talking about grilling. Yeah. What what'd you just get? Yeah, I was just I I was just talking. I just got a camp chef. Uh, I think it's like a thirty six hundred, like pellet grill. So I'm I've been into like smoking fish my whole life. My dad does all that stuff, and now um, I've had a rec tech for a few years, and it's been amazing. But camp chef, you know, got excited about our curling team and and got us set up with uh, with their best that they have. So I'm excited to get that thing broken in and, uh, and get smoking some ribs and things myself. Nice. You got to put a, uh, Jack's link sticker on that too, or no? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they, they do all the smoking down there and don't get me wrong. I, uh, we, we enjoy That's, that's our favorite go-to snack that our team has for sure. That's awesome. Dale, what do you use? I use a master built 1050. That's a gravity fed charcoal and wood grill. Um, I just got it also. I'm on a barbecue competition circuit a little bit, and uh, four of the grillers had it. I said, okay, went out and got it two weeks ago. So, All right, well, sounds like we got a contest coming up once I get my <laughs> camp chef up here, and we'll, uh, we'll compare and contrast. I'll pick your brain after this to uh, get some best rib smoking tips because I'm that's one thing I'm definitely still learning. Okay. I've had some success with brisket so far, but, but really? ribs, ribs are... To me, they they seem easy enough when you read see the YouTube videos and whatnot, but yeah. but I don't do them like Jerome does here for Blues Fest in uh, mm. in Roscoe's, and that's kind of what got me like started in really in trying. Yeah, they have during during Blues Fest here. Yeah, they always have like uh, they do it big here at, at Roscoe's, and uh, and they have a friend of the bar who does. They do put a rib in the bloodies that you guys have in front Ooh. of you. And oh, special. that sounds awesome. We'll have to try that at the B-Deal Club. We'll try that at the... Yeah, I think I I went on a fishing trip with Ross after Blues Fest one time, and we had the leftovers, and we brought them up there, and I think my dad was like, man, I gotta gotta learn how to do this. (laughs) Yes, we have a golf tournament coming up recently. We should do that at the golf tournament. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, John, thanks for doing the show. Appreciate it, man. And, and like how this started is that uh, spent the Olympic season watching you curl for the last two Olympics and uh, at the B-Dale Club in, in St. Paul slash Roseville, Minnesota. And big fans of yours and, and Team USA and glad you took the time to talk to us. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of my things in life, honestly, was is I got really into my sport. You know, at a pretty young age, I, I kind of treat it like a varsity sport from like ninth grade on. And I think somewhere in my 20s, I told my wife one of my biggest regrets was not ever learning to play guitar. And I got a guitar for my 30th birthday and I still haven't learned yet. And I turned 40 <laughs> this coming November. So it's it's just curling takes up so much time. And, and now I'm a full time stay at home dad. But, uh, you know, music is something that I think 
you know, kind of even helped change my life when I was I was younger because you know when you're in high school and it's like hip hop and popular stuff and whatever, and I just felt like I was kind of constantly on edge. And and when I started getting more into like lyrics and like you know different kind of music that wasn't like causing tension was actually causing allowing me to release tension. That was kind of one of the biggest transformations for me was was honestly through that change in music taste. Wow. Like so what artists were you listening to? Do you golf? Oh yeah. Yeah. Do I, you relax when you golf or do you relax when you curl? Uh yeah, neither. <laughs> no, I've I've got to the I've got to the point where curling curling definitely my practice for me is my relaxation and um, oh, I've also okay. always been a huge competition junkie, like where I really enjoy competing. And I think curling has allowed me to, you know, do that through, you know, my adulthood now. And uh and yeah, so so golf. I loved playing in a golf league, and that's actually how I got to be really good friends with Roscoe, the owner here. And and uh, and yeah, that golf competition I felt in the summertime was healthy to you know execute when you know you have something at stake. And that's where I've always, you know, I thought it was a really good thing for curling. Now I've kind of transitioned into the fishing game, but oh. you know, my I don't know that my wife loves that because I seem to never bring home fish. So it's <laughs> well, that's how it but that competition. Goes. Yeah. What it always is like oh. that. That's funny. Because other people are catching fish. Why can't you catch fish? Well, catch, I'm still learning. Catch and release. That's yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a catch and eat kind of guy, man. <laughs> so what were some of the, the bands that you listened to when, when you were getting into music and playing guitar or interested in playing guitar? Yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of went straight into the country scene. I was on a spring baseball trip my, I think, probably my freshman but possibly sophomore year of college, and... You know, I was listening to all that other stuff that I was talking about, and uh, and we had a bunch of guys on our team. We were country boys, and I was it was kind of forced on the radio because the majority were country people. And as we're driving down, I'm like, man, there's some like good lyrics at the you know at the time. And this was early 2000s, so it wasn't as twangy as it once was. It was closer to like probably what I was listening to, but there was just a lot of like lyrics that I just connected with, and uh, and then really kind of got into it. And now, I mean, if I'm taking a long road trip or I you know, flying somewhere like I was the last few weeks, you know, I, and it's, I've mainly got into more like acoustic country as opposed to like the pop stuff. And, and it'll be like kind of popular country, but I, I really like like acoustic music. We had a couple guys in town here when I worked at the Pickwick back in the day that started playing like Thursday nights, John and Andy were their names. I think John Seguin and Andy Hosworth and, and those guys were you know singing like the acoustic versions of a lot of rock stuff and and i found myself constantly being probably a bad employee on those thursday nights when they're in there because i'm just so like listening to you know again like the you know notes and lyrics and, and really get a lot of enjoyment out of that yeah what artists in specific uh you know i think when i was kind of coming in uh you, you know it was it was a little bit of everything um on the on the country area but you know, I think there's you know a few Rascal Flat songs at the time that, again, kind of you know struck a struck a chord with me and. And there's a few of this before you know Kenny Chesney even went way more mainstream kind of mm-hmm. stuff that again just like a great kind of relaxed lyric kind of deal and and then as it went on 
you know, I've listened to a lot of, you know, Blake Shelton, who I've got to be friends with. <laughs> You're friends with Blake Sheldon? Well, yeah, we he did, was on The Voice. I was on The Voice twice, twice. with him. Yeah, we coached yeah. him how to curl, and then we were back on The Voice. Like, he was asking me on the, our Olympic team, and, you know, and it, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, and, you know, I've gotten, you know, backstage with a couple different people, like Kanan Smith and Maddie and Tay when they were in town at Westman Arena a few years back, and, and all of them have been, you know, a lot of fun to to hang around with and and hear about their journeys in music because you know i think it's kind of like my journey in curling it's just you know something they loved and that they you know had an ability and and something next level about them and Mm -hmm. can i ask a quick question did you ever get blake out on the ice we we had him on the ice for the show but they protected him so much they were giving him spikes to walk around (laughs) on we were on hockey arena ice would have never it would have never flown in a curling club but you know, they, he went out there with a walker, you know, for support kind of thing is kind of a joke. But, uh, but yeah, we had him on the ice a little oh bit. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I, what, see, I like tattoos. And your team's got a lot of, lot of cool yeah, tattoos. Yeah, you got the wrong guy in your podcast. But what is Blake Sheldon's tattoo? What is that of? I'm not even sure, actually. Is it like barbed wire or something? It's like some weird, no. I'm just curious what that always was. I, I imagine Matt and Chris probably could tell you that answer, but not, not me per se. I'm, I, I've always I I said after 2006 I was going to get a tattoo, you know, Olympic ring somewhere kind of deal, and I even had a tattoo fund that some of my parents' friends donated to, and I'm still ink free. So, I I do want to get a rings on somewhere, but at, originally I was like, well, put rings there and maybe do the logo from the Torino Olympics, and and now if I was gonna, and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll put rings, and then I got to my second Olympics, and I'll just start putting years, but now it's a lot of ink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I do want to get yeah I do want to get rings, and I I actually. You know, don't mind, but my dad was kind of anti-tattoo. But okay, did you ever listen to Kenny Chesney, the old Blue Chair record, that acoustic one he did? Really, that's good. probably my favorite one of his for sure. Yeah, it's uh, actually Old Blue Chair itself, which was the title track that never really, you know, I don't think it climbed to number one or anything like that. But that's definitely a song that I, I, of that album, I think might have been my favorite one. There's a blue rocking chair sitting in the sand. Weathered by the storms and well old hands. Actually, my wife and I's first date was to like a Brad Paisley concert with, you know, Sarah Evans and Billy Currington were like the openers in that. And and we actually had a great experience at like a country splash on a summer set, which they do a lot of rock stuff, but they only did country splash like once or twice. But we were there for the first day and Jake Owen was you know the opener of the day and now he's one probably if you look back at the names that we were there at now the biggest name and we were we had vip and we're right up against the rail and there wasn't that many people there and uh and he you know performed great and he's actually going to be here in bayfront coming up here in july and uh that's going to be something we're going to try to get back to because it was one of again my wife and i's favorite concerts we've been to oh that's great so hopefully we can connect i actually saw jake owen a couple weeks ago i think maybe just this last week had a somebody said ah you know going going solo to Jake Owen and I'm not mad about it or something like that and put some cut, sort of gif about it and uh and he responded he's like well you're not going solo anymore I'm just you know put two backstage passes in your name you find a friend and uh and we'll meet you backstage so I mean any country artist that's doing stuff like that out there is you know good in my book and I I remember watching him hang out side stage when Gary Allen was performing because I think he went first and then Phil Vassar again another person like songwriter lyric like banging on his piano like from the front row is just incredible but then when Gary Allen came back on, Jake Owen was side stage as a fan as much as he was. He, you could see he was just out on Apple River. He was in his border shorts and hanging out, just enjoying music along you know, the side of the stage when 
you know, those guys, I'm sure they get done performing. It's just as easy to, you know, hop on a bus or a plane and get out of there. And, and he was actually taking in the concert. I remember seeing that and being like, man, that's really cool. Yeah, very cool. I was a songwriter in Nashville for 10 years. I worked for a publishing company down there. So I got some similar stories in that, that kind of same era. And uh, one of my favorite Nashville stories is with the Rascal Flats. And there was a, a CMA party that we were invited to as songwriters or whatever. And, and I was once, I'm from Wisconsin and a bunch of friends with me from Wisconsin. And we were at this, this fancy hoity toity CMA party and the rascal flats are playing acoustic there and they sounded great, but they were just kind of like this one to get out of there or whatever. And uh, we sat there, there was one beer truck and it was Amstel light. And before they were done, we drank the whole party out of Amstel light. <laughs> Good on you, man. <laughs> never had one ever work. since, but yep, where I sat there with Rascal Flats playing a little private show, drinking Amstel Light. It's pretty funny. I think that's where I got into acoustic was I was on XM back in the day, so dating myself because it's now serious because they combined with serious. Yeah. But, uh, in the beginning of July, they used to actually just go during the CMA Music Fest, and when they had all those private backstage, like those kind of shows, they actually put them out to the air, to the airwaves, to XM, and they would, so every throughout that entire week was just a bunch of these live private shows in Nashville and I was like man like that is so cool in need of something new but can't seem to find the perfect fit pre-order your Ram 1500 Laramie at ID Chrysler Zombroda visit us online or stop by ID Chrysler Zombroda to pre-order your vehicle today I still love my black Jeep Cherokee guy from ID Chrysler with 250,000 miles of old car just as much as that poor thing to take I found myself looking for a new dream ride at ID Chrysler and that staff had more help with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my as I call it musician's credit score their philosophy is simple time saving hassle free fair price check out their inventory at ZombrodaCDJR.com or take the beautiful drive down US 52 to 1900 Roscoe Avenue, Zabrota, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 9 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Zabrota today and enjoy a safe summer season full of adventures and memories out in that open road in a new ride. I want to tell you about all one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area, the B-Dale Club, located on the corner of County Road B and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is the stone cold truth. Gonna miss the old B-Dale shows during the month of June off the Turtle Lake to teach summer school with Manfred. Natalie, Shelley, now Dustin, the entire bar staff all stay there. Cocktail Wizards. As of late, my libation of choice, the classic Greyhound cocktail. They're quote 16-time world champion Rick Flair. Tasty little devils. Live music, pool table, pool tabs, Tuesday night, chess society, bingo, meat raffle, bocce ball Thursdays, and much, much more. Beatles got now. Stop by for a cold one soon. And yeah. I think, you know, I was at a Blake Shelton concert. He performed Austin with just acoustic, just him and a guitar out on a and Sarah and I were right against the the stage, you know, out the catwalk because he went on the end of a catwalk and just grabbed a guitar and did that. And yeah, and I think actually Brett Young a few years ago we were at something in Nashville and he did just a acoustic set with just him and maybe one other guy and their guitars and that to me and that's why i wanted to i said man i just wish i could have just learned a few chords but my left hand just i've tried to get it's just one of those things i'm like i knew it would take a lot of time but just playing you know grabbing a guitar and singing around to fire is you know one of the my favorite things that i've you know taken part of in a few times i sing some karaoke so you know yeah heck yeah i covered old blue chair for years and that if you're starting on guitar that's probably one of the best ones to do. It's just like G, C, D, back and forth. It's real easy, but 
I don't know what about that album and that song, like, and that chair. Like he has pictures of it on the cover of the album. Just some, I, it looks like the most uncomfortable chair in the world, but whatever. But uh, yeah, it just paints a great picture. That's that's a cool tune, and that'd be a good one to, for you to learn on if you're just getting started. I guess. Yeah, getting started. Well, maybe, maybe my forties. I, I thought it was supposed to be a thirties thing. But my kids grab it once in a while now, and and I think we, like I played and I played music. I played trumpet and French horn in in band. Like growing up all the way through high school, I think I even made it to state in a French horn solo my senior year. So like I, like it was, and French French horn was left hand too, which was you know worked for me then. I don't know the whole run, strumming chords, but I my kids grab the guitar once in a while and. And that'll be something I definitely encourage because I think, you know, some sort of performance art. My kids, you know, love to perform. My my now nine year old last week they had their spring concert at their elementary school and and he had one of the scat solos, the longest one too. I think it was like six bars long. So, uh, so he's and he was going to be in like our children's choir here, but the commitment was tough for us with all the travel curling I do and whatever. But uh, wow. but he does love to to sing and perform and. And yeah, I, I hope it's something. It's something I'm definitely going to encourage my kids to do. Did and, you ever and get into that guitar things. hero? I never did, but John no. Landsteiner is yeah. a guitar hero. Like he can put her on expert and put up some big numbers. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Aren't you? Do, do your kids swim? Yeah, they are. Okay. That's right. And and my eight year old's actually a, well again nine. He turned eight, nine last okay. week. But okay. In the eight and under five state region: Minnesota, half of Wisconsin. Iowa, Nebraska, North and South Dakota. You finished second overall in points earned at that regional meet. That's what I thought. So, yeah, do they so curl? They do as well. Yeah, a little bit. Uh-oh. They come out. They come out and throw some stones and mess around. And curling's one of those things. My my dad would never let me throw a rock during men's league because he was like, oh, "Not a time for kids," kind of deal. But uh, when I finally threw a stone, like I kind of got the magic. Like okay. you guys understand. But um, oh yeah, it's one of those things. You throw a stone. It's probably like honestly one of those times where. You know, you grab a guitar for the first, you know, time where you learn some stuff and and actually can complete a song. The first time you throw a curling stone and it actually makes sense and it goes where you're trying to go and you slide out and get that Mm -hmm. feeling. There's something about that feeling of throwing a curling stone that to me is still magical. And there's some grace about it that uh, it's it's hard to explain. But when the hooks get you in curling, you're they're in. So, John, you mentioned you started in ninth grade. Was that a structured through the high school, the junior high? Was that uh Uh, No. I, I threw my first stone in sixth grade, and I was still playing basketball in Chisholm, which is a big basketball town, so I don't think we were supposed to be on the ice. You know, Bob McDonald's probably listening from above right now. Being like, <laughs> but he knew. I guarantee yeah. you. But, uh, but for me, again, that competition, like, thirst I had for, for being – good at something Something. too i played baseball and i was i was actually fairly i was a pretty good basketball player too uh but i decided i was just gonna i came and watched the olympic trials down here in duluth in 97 which was my ninth grade year and i was like i don't think those guys look like they're that much better like Mm -hmm. at shooting than i am right now in curling and and yeah we had a guy who opened the club every day after school and it was more self-taught like i was down there and i would recruit all my friends so i you know to have people to hang out with at the club too but uh but yeah, it was it wasn't structured through the high school. But um, I went to junior camps in the summer and took stuff that I learned and and tried to get better and better. You know, as I was progressing. So what club? The Chisholm Curling Chisholm. Club is where I practiced. Chisholm, I didn't even know there was. Is a- that the one without the windows? No, we, well, yeah, no windows around the entire building. Yep, <laughs> it's right next to the hockey arena there. Yeah. But there's we have two levels, so you have upstairs yeah. viewing, which a lot of clubs don't have in our country, and so. I think that upstairs viewing made it where when I was a kid watching my dad play, like you could actually uh, see the game develop 
from at the far end as well as the near end and and that's probably what you know got me into the strategy part of the game where i really when i started curling i understood the strategy because grand rapids is down low as is hibbing yeah. and, and i played lots hibbing. of league games in hibbing too <laughs> That's awesome. That's why I brought these Beedle Club folks. They know more about curling than I do, so it's oh, yeah. kind of a good little hybrid interview here. No, we don't. I got uh, so I'm a big fan of WWE and like baseball, and I was curious if in curling you had a walk up song. What would be your pump up walk up song? Wow, if I had a walk up song in curling, I, I'll tell you if I, when I was in baseball, what my walk up song wasn't. I was pitching in. I played community college ball and we went down to uh, Mississippi and Alabama. We went down to Mississippi and I came in in relief and uh, we were getting killed by some team from Gulf Coast Community College in Biloxi. And uh, some guys walk up sound and was roll out and uh, whatever. And I went 3-0 on the guy and I just tried to throw a strike and he hit one about 500 feet. <laughs> and as the ball was in the air, they flipped his walk up song back on as he was on the bases. It was- so my teammates, every time I'd come in to pitch, they'd start singing, roll out. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a point of contention with me and teammates. I don't, didn't really enjoy that. As I was like, oh, yeah, bring up that every time. Oh, my God. So, and roll hilarious. out and curling would also be a bad thing, too, because, yeah. you know, you're trying to hit and stay, like make a takeout and stay in the house, and you roll yeah. out, that's a negative thing. Gone. So so yeah. maybe that should maybe that would be my walk-up song, but it shouldn't be for it sure. It shouldn't be. Wow. So, so I heard you on K-Fan, and I love those guys, hockey and all those guys. And you were talking, uh, you were talking about how Mr. T – was, did he? Did you guys get to meet him, or did he just tweet you, or what? How did that? He just go? started tweeting at us around the 2018 Olympics because he just got into watching it, and uh, he gave us our pep to- pep talk in the locker room before the gold medal game live via Facetime, via Facetime, oh, yeah. just like, hey, God, pity the fool, Let's go Ooh, play against go you. And... <laughs> oh yeah, full full on team, man. And then we got a chance to meet him at the in Washington D.C. during Team USA Week following the 2018 Olympics, and. And then we we chatted with him a little bit again this year before we headed over to the Olympics. So wow, yeah, T's a fan. How I did he get? Of, how did he get into it? Just he just happened to I think turn it on during the Olympics and and got kind of like 2018 happened for a lot of people. Just yeah. you know got into it, started watching, started trying to understand, and and was and was you know kind of riding the curling wave like a lot of the country did in 2018. Oh, in all the years, you you picked up a lot of curlers for a lot of clubs, clubs. around. I mean, yes, I see the sh- I see the T-shirt you're wearing right now, and that place didn't exist when I uh, my my initial years. That was because St. Paul was getting so big, yeah. exactly. and and Frogtown had an ice sheet that was becoming available because you know there wasn't as much demand for you know hockey. Kind of, it's kind of inner city, but yeah. and uh, and and that arena was going to get tore down, and they're like, well, we could use some more sheets, and and then Frogtown was formed and. And now, like, there was one curling club in the Twin Cities Metro when I started curling. It was the St. Paul Curling Club. 1,200 members, wait list for years to even get into the curling club. And then Frogtown, and then that club filled up, and other people like, you know, I think some other areas of the Metro could use some curling clubs. Then you had Blaine get built in the, you know, early 2000s, and now Chaska a little bit later than that. Dakota, Dakota, down in Lakeville, and they're, I think, building one out in Stillwater somewhere right now. And there's been talks of of a place, you know, happening up in Maple Grove. So now there's five dedicated curling clubs in the Twin Cities. They went from eight sheets to, like, 
what does Frogtown have? Five or six? Six, six. now. Yeah, so I mean, 14, six. 20, 26. There's, yeah, there's 30 dedicated ice curling sheets in the cities when there was only eight of them when so, I started curling back so in the So what's the difference 90s. between de- dedicated sheets and hockey ice? So dedicated sheets means that there's nothing other than curling played on them. So they're, the sheets are there. Only curling happens in curling ice. As curlers know, the flatter it is, the better the ice can be. And, you know, a lot of the arena clubs, which is how most clubs get their start, you're curling on whatever the Zamboni leaves you. And that, that means that rocks don't necessarily react like like they would so when you turn a rock clockwise it's supposed to curve to the right and when you turn it counterclockwise it's supposed to go to the left and you're on arenas sometimes it doesn't much matter which way you turn the rock it just follows the zamboni lines down there and it isn't uh it's people still get enjoyment because the speed of it is still the same <laughs> as curling but it's a lot more nuances to that whereas dedicated ice is is ice that's specifically well, only made the, cur- for curling. the curler is not controlling the the rock the Ice is controlling the rock. Oh, just throw the buck turn. <laughs> What's the buck turn? I don't know. It's opposite. Yeah. Just, oh, the outer. Yeah. Throw the. Yeah. So neg- we call it negative, negative ice when you turn it one way and it curves the other way. Right. That'd be a negative ice yeah. kind of shot. But yeah, it's like curling on a lake. It yeah. seems like a great idea to go curl yeah. outside because that's where it originated. But it's more like it ends up being like bocce ball where you're following the, you know, you right. go play bocce ball on someone's lawn and. You know that yeah. you know throw the polina down there and you throw a ball and you have to kind of figure out which way the the ground curves and that's what happens in hockey sheets at curling too. Where'd you just curling outside for the Seattle Mariners? Uh, we there was an outdoor little curling sheet that I took on a little league team like a ten U team that was up there throwing out on the thing and so we went up there and to sign the curling sheet that they had and it was just a outdoor rocks on you know casters and uh, and I took oh. them on and they were up three nothing and we were playing a three end game and I made a really good shot to score three in the third end to force an extra end, and then I took those little guys down in the extra. So. Yeah. <laughs> I almost lost to a nine-year-old uh, you know, hockey team. I have to keep those young kids I humble. had to learn the ice. They had been throwing up there probably for a half hour, and I got up there and threw my first stones in competition, and, mm-hmm. and they took advantage, but I figured it out just in the nick of time. Shot glass, some big bad boy comes kicks my ass. Her memory gets best of me. Stumble to my pickup truck, coppers got me out of. Her memory gets in my head Beyond lights, another bar, another drink, and another battle scope Her memory gets in my head And I go up and down, up and down, panic depression Up and down, up and down, panic depression Memory. 
Killing me, and I go up and down, up and down. 